Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, O2 Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 7. We've all heard that stress is bad for the body, but you know how sometimes you just have to see it to believe it? Well, here's your opportunity. In this episode, you get an insider's view of just how bad stress is for the body. And when I say an insider's view, I mean that literally. Today's guest is an ENT surgeon and a sleep physician, and he walks us through what he observed on the operating table. Spoiler alert, if the image of dark, dusky bowels might make you lose your cookies, you won't want to listen to this episode during lunch. But beyond that, you won't want to miss this episode. Our guest is Dr. Stephen Y. Park. You may recognize Dr. Park's name because he is a prolific blogger, a longtime podcaster, and the author of the Amazon bestseller, Sleep Interrupted. A physician reveals the number one reason why so many of us are sick and tired. And I love Dr. Park's mission to empower those who struggle to get a good night's sleep to understand that the root cause may be a breathing problem during sleep. That's the perfect complement to what we do here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. So when you've finished that lunch, listen in and you'll find out what stress on the body looks like inside and out, how the size of your mouth impacts your sleep, and why facial profiling, that's right, facial profiling, is the key to banishing counterfeit sleep. And a special note, this is one episode where visuals help. So check out the video of this interview on my YouTube channel, O2 Tara Clancy. Okay, let's dive in. Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Dr. Park. Thanks for inviting me, Tara. Oh, you are most welcome. I'm really excited to have our conversation today. We really have three things in common, and I'll, I'll mention them in increasing order of importance. Uh, so the first small thing is we've both spent a lot of time in the Bronx, <laughs> down in, in New York City, right? Mm -hmm. um, we also have a very integrative view of, of what we do. And, um, and then the third thing is we're really passionate about that and really strive to help people just have better lives. So would you please uh, put those three things together for us, the Bronx angle, the integrative view, and the passion that we both have for this, uh, this you know, for helping people? Sure. So I was actually in private practice in Manhattan for about 13 years before I came to the Bronx. I moved to uh, Montefiore 
in academic medicine and, and surgery. Uh, but my passion has always been helping people breathe better, sleep better, and live better. And this came about when I was an ENT surgeon back in Manhattan. I realized that many of the symptoms that people came to see me for, whether it's sinus problems, headaches, fatigue, ear pain, throat conditions, they all had in common a, a, a breathing problem. And so when I started addressing these breathing issues, the symptoms and the conditions got much better. So, so tell us a little more about that. When you said, you know, you, you realize that this wide range of conditions, really, right? Mm -hmm. All the things you mentioned, you know, sinus mm -hmm. problems, throat problems, uh, you know, I forget even the other things that you said, yeah. all of those diverse sort of things within your ENT mm -hmm. world really had one cause. So how did you come to really, you know, figure that out? Well, um, a number of different factors, but basically I came across a number of different dentists back then. Um, Dr. Brian Palmer was probably one of the earliest ones that I came across. He was passionate about how uh, breastfeeding is so important for proper development of the infant's face. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I came across some studies of, uh, let's say, for example, anthropologists like Dr. Corcini, who found that cultures that ate harder foods had better teeth. And then uh, I also started helping people surgically to breathe better. And once in a while, you have these dramatic, dramatically um, impressive results, not just to breathe better through the nose, but their mood, the headaches went away, everything improved. And then I started to just connect all the dots and realize that most modern humans have a problem breathing while they're sleeping. And that's why they're not sleeping well. Wow. So yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, as you first mentioned the, the, the breastfeeding, right? We've, mm -hmm. we've uh, had a lot of evolution in that in general, especially in this country uh, where it was almost taboo for a while and then has come back, you know, more, mm -hmm. um, but I'm still not sure it's the mainstream, but absolutely mm -hmm. that impacts things. And, and tell us, you know, um, when you mention the, um, you know, the, the development of the jaw, you know, the, the chewing mm -hmm. and, and hard foods to help mm -hmm. the jaw and the teeth develop, uh, we actually had in an earlier interview on the podcast, um, a guest, Christine uh, McManus, who mm -hmm. mentioned that she actually went to you uh, for treatment um, for her for her challenges, um, and she said you said something to her when when she walked into the office. Do you happen to remember what that was? I, I, I vaguely do remember her. Um, it's been a while since I've seen her, but I, I do remember that she had a very small mouth. Mm -hmm. And I can just tell from the moment the patients walk in the door, just looking at their facial features, if they have these more narrow jaws and more recessed faces, I know what kind of problems they're going to have just because it's the shape of their facial anatomy. Right, right. And like so, we, we call like reading the face kind of once, once you see right, it, right. right? You can't unsee it. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, one of my hobbies is I do what's called facial profiling. So <laughs> I, 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 I can try to predict, I try to predict people's health outcomes based on their facial appearances, which is, I mean, I can, you can take it any way you want, but um, it, it's kind of fun to do that and to, to basically see that most of the time I'm right. Yeah, I, and I can, I can definitely relate uh, to that. Uh, I'll just give you even a funny example, you know, uh, as a breathing specialist, I'm always looking at the, the same thing cheap. And then of course, what the, the uh, 
posture of the mouth is, how people are holding their mouths. And we, we know, and, and maybe by now our, our listeners will know as well, that you know the open mouth is definitely getting you on the, the track to have trouble mm-hmm. sleeping, right? And yeah. so I'm talking about this all the time. And, and at the time, I guess my daughter was probably around seven years old. And so unbeknownst to me, she's hearing all of this, you know, and one day she comes home from school and and she's normally a really calm and, and, uh, you know, soft kind of gentle kind of kid, but she was raving mad. You know, she came in, she threw down her backpack and I was just like, what's going on here? So she just unloads. It was some boy in the school who, who did this and it was her pen and her paper and her, her chair and, and mama, he's a mouth breather. (laughs) (laughs) like wow she's clearly been listening to all the calls i'm doing here you know but yeah so you're right and and then there's even stronger things because of that the way the actual face Mm -hmm. develops the way the the jaw sits relative to the rest of the face Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. so so yeah so that's um that was a big part of, of of christine's thing so tell me when you do have a patient like that with uh as christine had really you know a small jaw jaw or you have an you know uh, in general, patients who are having this, what what are some of the things that you do to help them be able to breathe better so that they can really, you know, help, it helps get over their counterfeit sleep problem, right? So, so how do you help people? Well, by definition, if you have a small mouth, you're also going to have nasal congestion. Um, just to kind of describe what happens, people with small mouths have high arched palates, so the roof of the mouth is arched up like this rather than being like this. Mm-hmm. So if it comes, if the hard palate drops down, then the molars and the teeth widen. So you have broader arches and you have straighter teeth. But most modern humans have crowding because the palate is already stuck like this and the molars are more closer together. Inside the nose, as the septum, the middle of your nose, as it grows down, if the floor of your nose doesn't drop, it's gonna buckle to one side like this. So oh, that's why people get deviated, yeah, deviated septums. Yeah. Oh, that is fascinating. Wow. So, uh, and, and since most people will be listening to, the, to this on the podcast, we'll just take a second to really um, put into words what you were just describing there, because it's so mm-hmm. important. So when you're talking about um, the roof of the mouth, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, almost what we call like being vaulted, like think about yes. like a, a church spire almost. It's yes. coming up, you know, it's not, it's not pointy, but it, it has, it, rather than being dome-like, it has more right. of a, a, uh, a sharper angle to it, right? I, yeah. I can't quite yeah. off the top of my head think of a comparison, but it's not a nice dome as we want it to right. be, right? So, so right. right from the get-go, you're going to have trouble fitting things in the mouth, but then just repeat what you said then about what that does, how, how the septum is affected, either if there is the dome shape, which we want, mm-hmm. or if there is more of the vaulted high palate, which we don't want. Yeah, let's run through that again. The floor of the nose, where the nasal septum is the um, the midline of the nasal cavity like this. And this is the floor of the nose, which is the roof of the, roof of the mouth here. Mm-hmm. So if the heart palate doesn't drop during development, the septum as it grows, it just, it, it has nowhere to go. So it just buckles to one side. Interesting. And so also like- the side walls of your nose is more narrow too. The side walls. Oh yeah. So that's why you'd have, would that be why you'd have smaller nostrils then too? Because, exactly. Uh, right. The, yeah. And then the angle of the nostril is more narrow like this rather than like this. And so the combination of different factors that leads to this congestion and you're going to tend to open your mouth more mm-hmm. during the daytime or especially at night when you're sleeping. 
Interesting. That's that's fascinating, and and um, I hope I hope people in the audience are able to get the takeaway uh, from that because it's you know I've been in this for six and a half years now, and I've never heard it explained exactly like that. So that's beautiful. Um, but the takeaway is the 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 way the, the the roof of your mouth is the way you know what we call your palate. Uh, the, the way that is shaped is going to determine how well you can breathe through your nose, right? We want to have exactly. a really, a, a nice kind of dome-like shape uh, so that the, um, the nose above that, the stuff that's sort of going to be resting on, maybe we can think of it like that. The, 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 um, the dome is really the foundation for the structure of the nose, right? And yes. so if the, um, the main part of the nose, the, the septum that you know, is coming into the, the dome, if that has enough space to rest there, we're good. But if yeah. it doesn't, because the dome has gotten kind of you know, uh, crushed and, and become a much rounder, much higher shape, uh, much more like oval, I guess, if we want to just for a visual, so it's become more mm -hmm. like an oval, then the septum is going to be uh, bent and you know, yeah. what we call deviated and the nostrils mm -hmm. and the side walls, as you said, will be much smaller to begin with. Right. That's fascinating. And then that's gonna impact your breathing. You'll have a harder right. time moving because it's, a, it's not a, uh, it's like a, a, a hose that all of a sudden, if you put a kink in the hose, mm -hmm. a garden hose, the water doesn't right. flow freely, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we put a kink in our noses, uh, the air can't flow freely. And job number one, make sure right. we have air, right? So we will, right. we have this backup system, this mouth, but it's really, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a lens to a cascade. It leads to a cascade of problems. Right. Wow. So that's really fascinating. Like I said, I haven't heard that explained in that way. And thank you very so, much. So going, going along with the hose analogy, if you add additional irritants inside the hose, such as allergies, where you get swelling of the membranes, that narrows the passageways even further. Mm -hmm. And lastly, because the, the, the outer part of your nose is flimsy, your nostrils are flimsy, as you breathe in, your nostrils cave in more. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually a test that you can do, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's basically at that point, it's a pressure thing, right? The more, the greater the pressure, the more you'll get collapse, right? right. Um, and so it, it isn't there like a, you know, uh, and I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but the, the, you can ask a person to inhale very quickly, you know, through mm -hmm. the nose. And if mm -hmm. you get that collapse, if you see them mm -hmm. caving in, then you know that your nostrils are, you know, your air, your passageway through the mm -hmm. nose uh, is probably compromised in some way and could yeah. be impacting your sleep then, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually, yes. they talk about the, is it the coddle maneuver where you, yeah. you put your coddle where you just kind of lift your nostril up like this? And yes, yes, now, right. That, that works most of the time. But what I do in the office is I put little Q tip ends and lift up the nostrils from the inside. That uh -huh. works much better. Uh huh, uh huh. And, and, and even for like to help people clue in, they could try that coddle maneuver. Uh -huh. I would say if you get the collapse, if you breathe in quickly and you get the collapse, and you're like, oh boy, maybe this is a problem. Just try and, and you know, mm -hmm. open the nostrils up. And if you notice a big difference, then that's a great mm -hmm. sign to say, well, maybe yeah. I should seek out an ENT to see um, what might be going on and what maybe I sure. should do so I can breathe better so I can sleep better, right? 
Definitely. I, I actually have a funny story about this where um, patients occasionally tell me that um, they have to sleep on their sides because that's their preferred sleep position. But the way they sleep is that they have their face on the pillow like this with the arm against the face, against the cheek to lift up the nostril like this so that they can breathe better. Wow. So like a natural compensation. Yeah. They, it's, I, it's like I, this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and I they don't realize they're doing it. I have seen people sleep like that with their <laughs> arms out. So, wow, I never thought about how that would would be a, a compensation, really, a little strategy. Um, interesting. Hmm. Great. So tell us then, um, I know, um, tell us a little bit about your book, too, where in case people want to really dive into this, and, and especially because we're talking, um, we're on the podcast, we'll also you know, this will also be, um, the video will also be available so people could see how we're gesturing because it is sort of a complicated topic uh, and gestures help it. Um, but if people want to dive in, just tell us um, about your book and and uh, where else, um, you know, people would be able to uh, get more information about what you do. Sure. My book is called Sleep Interrupted. And I, I wrote it about nine years ago when I was in private practice. And it describes my sleep breathing paradigm where I integrate and combine everything together with breathing, sleep, health, digestion, and other conditions like ADHD, depression, pregnancy complications. So I, I tie in everything together um, to try to explain why we're so sick and tired. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's surprisingly, it's still selling pretty well after nine years. It's available on Amazon. And my website is drsevenpark.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, sevenpark.com. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I, I, I'm not surprised at all to hear that your book is still really selling well because mm -hmm. um, I think especially now, people are really looking for um, more than the Band-Aid approach that they mm -hmm. typically can get from you know a, a doctor who is more traditional in their training, right? What people, a lot of people are really looking for is a much more integrative uh, approach that's going to help them just have a better life, you know, uh, to get back to feeling great again, you know? And so um, I know I know your book does that because I've read it. It really does pull in all those important things. Um, and I want to ask you about one last, uh, one last thing before we kind of finish up. Um, I know we spoke first back in, I think it was in 2018, as I started doing research for my book, uh, Is Your Sleep Making You Tired? Ask yourself today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Go to isyoursleepmakingyoutired.com and get your copy today. You told me a fascinating story, uh, and I would love if you would just sort of talk about it now, um, but it's what you noticed um, as a surgeon when you would, uh, and I think this was a, as you, on your lead up to really, you know, connecting all the dots, you talked about the what you would notice in the tissue in some of mm -hmm. your patients. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and, and what the, uh, the implication was of that? Because that blew my mind. Yeah. So um, I, I noticed that in this, I noticed this more in general surgery when you're looking at the bowels, when you're doing abdominal surgery, that healthy young people, let's say for an, an appendectomy, for example, 
when you go in the abdomen, the tissues are very pink and moving around what's called peristalsis. They, they arrive very active and just, it looks very healthy. But in older cigarette people, it's dark, dusky, there's no blood flow. And so this kind of goes along with a, a, an anecdote that I heard about from, from the Civil War where it was written about where there was um, a soldier that had an abdominal blast wound and the, ab the abdominal wound was, was just torn off and you could see the bowels just right there. And as they were doing tests and doing procedures that were painful, you saw that the bowels became more dark and dusky. Whereas when he was happy and laughing and, and just in a good mood, it was nice and pink and healthy looking. So your level of stress significantly affects how much blood flow you get in your bowels and other important organs in your body. So um, that's why good sleep, stress reduction, eliminating toxins, these are also important concepts that, to, that contribute to optimal health and wellness. That's a, it, it just, it's, you know, like I said, when I first heard that, uh, when you shared that with me a couple of years ago, it was, you know, knocked my socks off. And, and even now it's still, uh, it's just so powerful, especially as we think about um, what we're living through now and all the uncertainty and stress uh, that people have. And really it is the one thing that we really can't afford to have because it is in, in direct contrast to what we need, right? We really, we can't afford to be impacting the functioning of our system because of our stress, especially since you're talking about the bowels and, and like, I guess, you know, the gut and all we talk about how much of the gut we now know is act, actually, actually contains, um, I mean, how much of the um, immune system is actually in the, in, yeah, yeah. in, in mm -hmm. the gut, right? So if we're putting sure. all this, um, you know, dysfunction really, it, it basically dysfunction mm -hmm. of that system, then we are really mm -hmm. impacting our overall health. So it's really, you know, um, it's really something we need to keep in mind and do all things that we can for stress reduction. And of course, I think we both mm -hmm. agree that getting getting good sleep would be at the top of that list. Breathe as best as you can, right? Optimize your breathing, optimize your health, and then, you know, optimize your, 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 what your, I, I talk about it as the core four, right? Our number one need is breathing. Our second need is sleep. Our third need is hydration. And our fourth need is nutrition. And so if we really buckle down and uh, get those four things in place and, we should be good and we should be able to manage whatever comes at us. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that because uh, it is, it's just, it, it's literally an insider's view of what's going on. <laughs> okay. So the last thing I would like to ask you, Dr. Park is um, given all the, uh, you know, experience you've had, all the time you've had through your career uh, to really think about this, your paradigm, all of that. What would you, what message would you like to get out to people? Um, and here's, here's the, the restriction really. It has to be, it has to fit on a billboard. So knowing that billboards are relatively small and people are driving by relatively fast what would you put on there to help people really appreciate your message? Don't laugh. My message is shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I know exactly where that comes from. Go ahead and tell us exactly what, what that means to right. you. 
So in general, you need to keep your mouth closed when you're not talking or eating. And if, if you look at traditional cultures, even in my, my culture in Korea, mothers used to tell their kids to keep their mouth closed all the time. They would constantly keep the lips together and do everything possible to keep the mouth closed. Um, and that's why it's, it's so important to breathe through the nose. It's not just for getting air into your lungs, but on, the, on the, another side note, uh, the nose makes a gas called nitric oxide that when you inhale into your lungs, it increases oxygen by 10 to 20% because it dilates blood vessels and it kills bacteria, fungus, and viruses. It's antimicrobial. Absolutely. So not in addition to good sleeping and due to good breathing, it has other many uh, positive benefits as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, it's very funny. My, uh, my father was from Ireland and a very uh, common expression over there is, you know, shut your mouth, you know, like, like <laughs> I remember him as a kid and I actually even joked with, of course, you know, Patrick McKeown, you know, he and I were talking yes. one day and uh, he's from Ireland, right? He lives there now still. And, and I was saying, I was telling him how my father used to say to us as kids, shut your mouth. <laughs> You know, but it really, it really is. We want to make sure we practice exclusive nose breathing. And we, we get into yes. that in different episodes on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. So tuck that point away, shut your mouth, right? Uh, as Dr. Park is putting on his uh, billboard, tuck that away and we will revisit that at different, in different episodes because it really, um, you, you know, exclusive nose breathing is really the key to everything um, right, right from the get-go. Um, so, um, so I thank you so much, Dr. Park, for coming on the Counterfeit Sleep podcast with us. And, um, and I look forward to, uh, did you tell me that you have something else that you come, that you have something else coming out um, in the future? Well, it's, it's not official. I'm working on a, on a big project in a, a program, but it's, it's not gelled completely, but hopefully I'll have it coming out in the next couple of months. All I'll right, make well, a big announcement. We will yeah. keep an eye on that and uh, do let us know when you have that out so we can share it with everybody because I know, as I mentioned in the beginning, everything you do really comes from that fully integrative philosophy and that's mm -hmm. really what we need to be um, doing, you know, to really keep ourselves, we need to look at, at the whole, the whole picture and that's exactly mm -hmm. what you do. So I thank you again and I look forward to seeing what you come up with next. Thanks for having me here. I really enjoy this. When you're ready for your aha moment, when you're ready to have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, go to counterfeitsleep.com and take the counterfeit sleep screening. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.